on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, Zion is absent and he's getting called out by J.J. Redick. We get into that. Plus, what is the difference between Baton Rouge sports fans and New Orleans sports fans? Why are things so much different between two cities so close together? Plus, LaToya goes maskless and people are freezing their wieners off out there. Stick around. You're going to listen to this week's Polk and Kush. Catch these hands, you about to kiss The truth is getting split by Poke and Kush. 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 About to get served to play to your own ass. It's time for the Poke and Kush podcast. Poke and Kush. Poke and Kush. Poke and Kush. Come everyone to Poke. And Kush! It is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. And hey, we're all asking the same question. Where are you at, Zion? Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. It is officially Zion week. It is officially Mardi Gras week. And it is a good Time to have a podcast. I am Scott Kushner alongside my good buddy, Mr. Andrew Polk. Happy Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras. I uh, I went all out this weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mardi Gras was back. It was, it was a great scene out there. It really was. Beautiful weather. Um, they seemed a little light on the throws. I think... They're getting back in the spirit of throwing stuff at people. Yeah. I saw a video of a drunk woman face first on the ground, and they were pelting <laughs> her with stuff. Maybe that's my problem. I was too coherent, standing up straight. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. Saturday, you know, I did the old St. Charles cruise. Uh-huh. You were over there. Yeah. I waved at you from the gallery of... <laughs> peasants the 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 mouth breathers down below yes us in the uh the gentry up top yeah uh you know the balcony had a a lovely time uh dude it was like a it was just a perfect weekend out there really like the first weekend used to be like really chill like really really chill yeah there was hardly any ladders there was hardly any you know that used to be like super laid back it's not that laid back anymore. There's a lot of people out there. But it did also feel manageable, at least this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the the pent-up Mardi Gras frustration from two years of no partying yes. was definitely on effect. You know, I saw people snorting pills off phones. <laughs> <laughs> One guy got all the Popeyes. Like, he just had all of it. There really is no place on Earth where there are... School-aged children next to people who are completely blackout, next to like creepy grandparents, next to homeless people, and it's just like it, it, there's really nothing else in the world like that. Where this amalgamation of people are all in the same place at the same time, doing the same thing, and yet somehow it mostly seems to work. Yeah, except for uh, the bathroom situation. Other than that, everything not is- great. Pretty smooth, pretty easy. Yeah, they still have those bathrooms on Napoleon. That's the best place I've found. Yeah. But there ain't no place to pee on Mardi Gras Day. That's what Benny Grunch told me. That's true. I uh, I think I walked 10 miles on Saturday. I went from, I live near Tulane. I walked 
all the way to 6th Street, hung out with some friends there. That's a trek. And then I continued my journey and wound up at the Roosevelt Bar, oh my the God. Carousel Bar, <laughs> moseyed on over to Chart Room, and then walked all the way back to Hoshan. <laughs> Before I was like, all right, I'm getting a fucking cab. <laughs> I'll, the, I'll put on $20 at this point. My I think, I'm pretty off. sure I got a cab. I may have just hopped in with the candy <laughs> sticks guy and his horse. <laughs> he's like, for, for, and, for Andrew? And he, you know, he's like, no. And I just climbed in anyway. The room at Candyman gave me a ride home. Yeah, just take me to the pile of garbage. That's where I live. <laughs> There's more fucking garbage in front of the Bud Light Lime studio. Now there's um, there's like a suede leather couch out front. Uh, and I thought it was funny because uh, the whoever put it out there just put a sign on it that said free. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> don't steal this, please. It's funny to think that there is a couch out there somewhere and it's like $20. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it in the mailbox. Put it in an envelope and leave it on the ground. That couch is that couch is going to be there until this place burns down in a few weeks. Um, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to craft a giant Amazon box, put it around it, and then somebody will steal it. My flooring is still out there from two months ago when that was pulled up. Um, but you know, hey. Mardi Gras back. <laughs> I mean, there's no chance the trash people are going to take that. No, they've None. seen it for months now. Yeah, I mean, there's no people, are, no chance they're going to take that thing. If you call 311, you might as well be trying to call the band 311. <laughs> you have a better chance of getting Peanut to come out here and pick up your garbage than someone with the city operation of 311. <laughs> Dude, yeah. What's crazy too is you go. It actually is like a perfect Mardi Gras couch. That would actually be the best way to get rid of it. Would be to just put it on the route. You can sit on it the whole time. Then they'll be like, "You have to get rid of this." Be like, "Take it." Yeah. The problem would be you're you if you're walking everywhere, it's going to be challenging quite a bit to bring the couch with you. Well, I don't know. Like, um, last week they were throwing out the chairs and the tents that people set up beforehand. They had uh, 500 people immediately on all the, uh, uh, all the places pulling up the, the staked-in tents, throwing away the chairs. Uh, they did not touch any of the litter. No. They did not touch <laughs> any of the shit everywhere. Um, but they were on it. Yeah, they're very, very, very ready for that. I've seen a lot of resources that I didn't think this city had coming out for Mardi Gras. I've seen <laughs> more. I think that maybe some people are just dressed up as the police. As yeah. Like their costume. Yeah. One guy had uh, chaps, assless chaps with his uh, cop uniform. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think he was just uh, cosplaying a police officer. <laughs> He was actually in the village, people. I saw two police officers smoking. I didn't think he could do that. <laughs> I just saw police officers smoking. I was like, Is that like out. a new thing? That's like a sign-on bonus. It's like, you can keep smoking. <laughs> I mean, they definitely used to smoke, so I guess yeah. they never stopped They're them. not chasing anybody on foot anymore, or yeah. in a car, yeah, or, or at all. Yeah, at all. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking light it up. I was amazed how many policemen were off. I 
didn't think any were still working, so that was a pleasant surprise. Did you see the thank you NOPD banner no. on St. Charles? No. That was um, a fun way. That's fun because whoever the cop is that designed that <laughs> is feeling pretty good about himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in all honesty, you know, I wasn't out there terribly long. There is no more divergent experience in doing anything like you know i go to a lot of games with my kids i go to a lot of uh you know I, i've done a lot of stuff with my Take kids that i used bar. to do before yeah i go to restaurants whatever there's nothing that's more divergent from kid to not kid than going to parades mm-hmm. where like all i used to do is have like a an 18 pack of natural light and my only job for the day was to drink it and <laughs> and my biggest concern was like Am I going to be able to walk home? And usually the answer was kind of. And now my concern is like, all oh, my kids are going to get run over and die on this parade route. Uh, or I have to go try to catch every single thing that's going on. It's a totally different experience. It is uh, significantly less uh, relaxing and like straight up enjoyable it's nice to see like you know when they are into it or whatever that's fun and it's a fun family thing but it is also the same time uh i I preferred it when i used to just be able to drink 18 beers well the beer uh, that you drink now the quality is upgraded from natty light that is true the quantity may have gone down (laughs) not by much not (laughs) i'm drinking those kids can drive soon enough (laughs) put them in a power wheel yeah i mean it is, uh, there's, there's, I can't imagine anything more. I and mean, I see, I am with people who are drinking quite a lot with their kids there. And to that, I could not do that. I just don't have the confidence yeah. in my ability to parent, like, you know, six beers deep, like a lot of these guys are. God bless them, because I could not handle that. Um, the other news that came out this week, besides a whole lot of stuff uh, on the parades and kind of the city getting back to life, which was nice to see. Uh, On the other hand, uh, the city continues to wonder where one of its largest citizens is Mm -hmm. as uh, Zion Williamson remains missing. And in his absence now, the noise has began to crank up Uh, Zion still in Portland, as far as we know, uh, rehabbing a foot injury that he did in July C.J. McCollum went on to the TNT broadcast over All-Star Weekend and basically said, I haven't really talked to Zion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked to someone who's close to him. He's like, but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And that started off kind of a storm of like, what is he doing? Not talking to C.J. McCollum. I found that to be uh, probably the most alarming thing I've heard to date this season about Zion. Now, who is the close source to Zion? This is probably stepdad. This is Emerald. This is... <laughs> I would assume he talked to someone inside Zion's agency. Okay. That would be who CJ actually spoke with. And so I don't... I just found that really odd. Because not only is CJ McCollum a new teammate, he is also the president of the players association and that's kind of like a uh he would be the not the boss of nba players but he's a big wig he's somebody yeah. that you would want to impress to kiss up to to welcome to your to city. respect yeah and um b- 
beyond just being a human being that's coming to the team with play uh, to play with Zion, he is one of the, t- uh, the NBA seventy five players. No, 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 no. No, Not, well, that was all time. Okay, he's probably a top fifty player in the league, right? But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not a, like. Uh, but he's a really. Yeah. Not only is he a good player, the fact is the all of the players together elected him to be their spokesman when it comes to the most important negotiating aspect of the players. And, and it's like that yeah. means a lot. That means that guy carries a lot of respect around the NBA. And, you know, Jose Alvarado came to the team. He probably got, like, a TikTok or something. He got, like, a... <laughs> he got a thumbs up. <laughs> he got the Bitmoji over Snapchat, something like that. CJ, CJ's, in terms of NBA, he's old. He's 30. Yeah, yeah. You got to give him a phone call. <laughs> we know some 30-year-olds that can't text message. You got to call him. You got to beep him. On the old rotary. <laughs> yeah. Zion did not do this. It seemed weird. It did seem weird. And then today, a little bit more on it. Yeah, so that reaction. So CJ McCollum saying that, uh, then obviously kicked up some dust in the conversation around Zion. And what occurred from there is J.J. Redick, uh, Zion's teammate the last two years, former Pelican, a, you know, what is 14-year pro, now at ESPN, and he basically... Uh, drove a dagger right through Zion's heart, uh, said that he was a detached teammate when he was with him, said he called him out in front of the locker room during his rookie year and said it shows that he has no interest in the organization, in the city, in the fans, in his teammates, uh, and that the fact that he just kind of blew off C.J. McCollum is a really crappy thing to do and i think that's the first time that anyone who has any real knowledge of what's going on uh really you know laced him up and said fuck you man yesterday was a different story before jj uh spoke about this on first take this morning yesterday there was a lot of squabbling a lot of bickering on twitter yes you were the target of some of this people saying you're a negative nelly surprise and uh you know a lot of like stan accounts going on and on and on about i'm gonna be patient i'm gonna wait yeah that seems to have completely flown out the window <laughs> yeah. with uh, what J.J. said. Um, you're currently going viral, um, not for that Halloween costume last year, <laughs> but for your tweet about J.J. that just laid out the facts a little more simple and clearer than I think anybody had at that point. And, uh, you know, he is a dukey. Duke uh, ties run very deep in the NBA. Yep. He's a member of CAA. That's uh-huh. his agency as well. And he also has he has no reason to really comment Zion other than... He has no reason to defend the Pelicans. For right. Certain. He had uh, kind of an axe to grind with David Griffin on his way out the door. Basically said you can't trust him. Uh, and meanwhile, he's still saying that Zion's got a man up and needs to, you know, be accountable to his teammates, be accountable to somebody. And he's a ghost right now, man. He has chosen to be completely invisible. And it's that part. Look, being injured is is one thing. I think everyone can. Everyone would be frustrated by the fact he's not playing no matter what. Right. Like doesn't matter. Everyone would be annoyed by that. But the fact that he has chosen to go completely 
radio silent about all of this really makes this just a slap in the face to people. Well, about six hours ago, Malika Andrews said that C.J. McCollum told ESPN that since his interview over the weekend with the TNT crew, Zion has reached out to him and the two have spoken. Yes. Zion reached out <laughs> and said, lose this number. <laughs> it's like when, uh, you know, when you get a report from school that you and a, somebody else got in a fight and your mom's like, you need to call you need to call Johnny and tell him that you're sorry, okay? Just call him, be nice, and invite him over next weekend. And that is essentially Zion basically getting like publicly pressured into having to call his new teammate. Do you think? I, d- I doubt that Zion was actually on the phone. I bet it was stepdad. <laughs> he was trying to do a Zion voice. It was and, a three way call. Yeah. Now, Zion, say you're sorry. Sounds like, mm. uh huh. Uh, Zion's too busy to call everybody. <laughs> Zion's a superstar. He's got the Jordan contract. He's an all-star. He's a one-of-a-kind superstar. He can't be texting everybody that joins the Pelicans. Do you want to text <laughs> Garrett Temple? You want to text Gary Clark? <laughs> that is his name. Yes. Do you want him to have your number? Garrett Clark is going to... Gary Clark is going to go to the bar and tell everyone, I have Zion's number. Let's call him right now. That's right. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Zion has stuff to do. Uh, We mentioned this last time. He's in Portland. They have vegan strip clubs in Portland. (laughs) He's He's growing a beard. You talk about Zion being in Portland and not caring about New Orleans. He's at Voodoo Donuts. Yes. They have that there. He's keeping the spirit of the city alive. I'm sick of the naysaying. This is unquestionably, if you were Zion, the way to stoke the flames of everyone saying that he wants out of New Orleans without ever actually having to do anything, without ever actually having to leak a report, without having to, to, to call David Griffin, without having to do anything. What he's doing right now is the exact playbook to somehow maintain the innocence of, I didn't say anything, I didn't ask for anything, I didn't do anything, uh, while at the same time very clearly positioning yourself to leave the team. Yeah. Do you think he did the Larry David text message strategy where he sent a message meant for someone else to (laughs) CJ? Like, he sent a message to CJ. It's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to leave New Orleans. Oh, wait. Sorry, Whoops. CJ. Whoops. That was unrelated. Uh, doodle. It's just a bummer because the, uh, I think the fan base is just used to it. No, nobody yeah. seems incredibly shocked. No. Um, There's a handful of people, like you said. There's a handful of uh, of people who I think had a, were still clinging to the concept that just because it's quiet doesn't mean it's bad. And I think But it kind of does. Yeah, and I think those I think that thought is starting to erode by the day at right. this point, which is especially during an all-star week where nothing is happening, it's becoming more and more obvious that the longer he you know, he could do a coordinated leak, he could have an interview, he could go on Pelicans.com. He could go come into town and meet with Willie Green. Like, there's a hundred things he could do that wouldn't require a whole lot of effort that would say, 
I'm committed to this team. I want to play out my contract. I want to be part of, you know, mm-hmm. winning and getting to the playoffs this year. Whatever. Even if he's not healthy. Like, I just want to be a part of it. And instead, what he's chosen to do over and over and over again is remain detached. And then when he left to go to Portland, I think that was like, there's no more detachment possible. You can't. You couldn't have possibly removed yourself from the situation more than just leaving to go do your rehab. And the Pelicans tried to spin it like it was their idea. There is no goddamn way that was their idea. It's also the geographically furthest place away <laughs> you could go in North America. Unless he's going to go to, like, Seattle. Yeah, it's like Nome, Alaska. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, there's really, like... And, and it's it, as you heard from his teammates, you know, they were pretty wishy-washy every time we talked to him about it. Like, yeah, we know he's working hard over there. And I'm pretty sure they don't know that. No. And J.J. Redick really, I think, so much of why what he said today carried so much weight because he played with Zion for two years. And he was around it, and he saw that detachment start from day one and that lends a lot more credence to the fears that people have right now and uh jj mentioned this i'm sure everybody listening knows the pelican sent out an email about season tickets yesterday and it was like come see our the superstar uh power forward larry nance jr <laughs> and it's like who what <laughs> but i i did think that there was I, I've the Pelicans have sent out emails before and left Zion's name out of it due to injuries. Sure, it was not at that specific time. It was not in the middle of a of a rumbling. It was not in the middle of a quaking event. Yeah, that seemed like a calculated uh-huh. push by the Pelicans to go. Listen, guys, get used to it. Yeah. this is the future, and uh, you know, it does feel right. Like they were basically saying. We're not certain anymore either. We're going to stop feeding you the line of bullshit that buy these tickets to watch Zion because you there's only so many times that the uh, buying public is going to be willing to be fooled by that. Mm-hmm. He's played in 85 games out of I think it's 205 now uh, or 203. Uh, he just doesn't play enough games. So even if he was not leaving the team or any of these kinds of things that might happen uh, over the offseason, even if nothing were to occur, you can't under have any confidence he's going to actually be healthy enough to play. Is there anybody left who's thinking of buying season tickets who was like, oh, yeah, I should go get these tickets and watch Zion. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? We can see Zion play. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure he's not going to play. And they've already got a tough job because you have to suspend belief when you see these ticket emails. It's like, <laughs> you too can see the Clippers play the Pelicans for just $300. And you're like, $300? I feel like I could see them for $8. I know. It's like, I have a seeking account. I could do this myself pretty easily. It's like, oh, yeah, if you want to go see Steph Curry, well, he's not playing when they come here. You want to go see Giannis? No, he's not going to play when they come here. Uh, yeah, it's just, they're they're really you know you want to see John Morant? Oh, he's not going to play when they come here. Uh, there's it's not an easy sell. Uh, the team has been bad for really. Uh, what are we talking now? The team has been bad seven out of eight years. They've been bad six out of seven years. I mean, they're they just it's not fun to watch them on a nightly basis. It is hard to show up and 
you know, watch this team play. And so I get it. The Pelicans are tired of being accused of false advertising. I think that's reasonable. Uh, and this is the bottom line is that this is all the, the perception of it. The injury is a totally separate thing, right? But the perception of it and the, the, the endless inferno of noise is totally preventable. Totally preventable. All it would take is like a minute worth of proactive behavior from Zion to ally people's fears, to reach out to fans, to talk to teammates, to do something that then went public and allowed people to kind of feel like he really did care. Him talking to C.J. McCollum after everyone in the league essentially called him out for being an asshole for not talking to him is not that move. Right, because you've made this point before. You made this point very early in the season during the first injury. Yeah. And I think we backed off of it a little because there were people saying, like, you know, this is a young guy. Give him his space. He doesn't owe us anything yet. The 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 bow is broken yeah. as far as that goes. And I think the Pelican fan base and community just needs to be optimistic about yeah. what can come from it now. Yeah, I think the big difference between now and then, too, is when we spoke about it before, we were always talking about him talking to the media. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about him talking to his own team. Yes. That is a huge difference in perception. There's just no way to get around. You cannot. You can excuse a guy who doesn't want to talk to the media. You cannot excuse a guy who's not talking to his own teammates while he's rehabbing in essentially a different country. Like... They're so far away from each other. <laughs> they are in complete, you know, there's no communication going on. When Griff came out and basically had to use the word anecdotal twice in order to in order to craft a statement about Zion to essentially say, like, I haven't talked to Zion. That's what Griff was saying. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Zion. I have to use anecdotal because it's coming from someone else because that's how little the communication is between him and the rest of the team right now. That's a problem. Like, that is that is so illustrative of what we've been talking about, and that is, like, something so easily correctable that the fact he's not doing it makes it such a clear a clear position that it sounds like this is a guy that wants to get the hell out of here. Yeah, and it's it's extra bitter, too, not just because of the lost opportunity, basically two lost seasons. It sucks for Willie. Yeah. Willie never got, you know, you talk about missed chances with Zion. We, You know, you kind of missed an opportunity to see Drew Holiday and Zion cook together. Yeah. Now you're missing another chance for Willie Green and Zion to get out there with a solid team that was specifically built around this motherfucker. Yeah. And we're never going to see that. And this dude is going to get booed the fuck out of Smoothie King yeah, Center by all the people in the $300 seats <laughs> in the rafters or whatever they're going to pretend like they are. It's going to be Duracell battery night when Zion comes back here. That's the craziest part, right? It's going to be treated like AD was. And AD did something that was way more, uh, you know, at least blatant. Uh, if nothing else, it was very obvious what he was trying to do. The, I guess my overarching point is I understand Zion to a degree, right? We get, the Pelicans botched his first two years here, right? 
they the Alvin Gentry thing did not work. That team did not work. He had a terrible relationship with the trainer. Griff is a complete weirdo, and I think he alienated him in a lot of ways. Christian nailed it with that story about the awkwardness between them. I think he lost a lot of trust then. When you move into the next season, hiring Stan Van Gundy was a fucking debacle. On every conceivable level, it was the worst possible fit uh, for that roster. Josh Hart said he wanted to quit playing basketball. That's how much he hated the team last year. Everyone was miserable. That's Zion's impression of the Pelicans those two years. This year, the team has great chemistry. They play hard every night. They all seem to like each other, but he's nowhere to be seen, so he's not deal- He's not benefiting from any of that. He's going after a relationship that, in his mind, is already spoiled. And so that's the perspective that sucks is that if he hadn't have gotten hurt, maybe this would have been way more salvageable. But instead, the timing of the injury combined with how badly those first two years were screwed up from the team perspective puts you in this position that now feels almost impossible to get through. I agree. Yes. We did it. (laughs) We did it. We fixed it. (laughs) It's a nice little bow on it. Yes, indeed. We will be back. We have a couple interesting things to talk about. Not only we have our local news on the worst, we're also going to get into some differences between Baton Rouge and New Orleans and get into a different kind of topic. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hope and Kush. Ale on Oak. 8124 Oak Street, New Orleans, Louisiana. Ale on Oak has been an uptown staple since 2014. Over 30 beers on tap. Full menu. Great part of town. Near the streetcar line. Go there before the parades. Go there after the parades. Take your dates there. Go up and down Oak. There's music venues. You can catch a band. You can go shopping. You can get a coffee if you had too many shots. (laughs) They got a huge outdoor patio. It's if you're still if you're concerned with germs and space, get out there on that spacious, clean, disinfected patio. It's 80 degrees right now, but tomorrow it might be 50 degrees. They have heaters out there. They have fans out there. And more importantly, they have all of your local sports on TV. Pelicans, Tulane, LSU, the Tears. That's the UNO. Yes. <laughs> Coach said we could call them the blue. Blue. Go the blue. Bucks. The Bucks. Bucks. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that either. Any hoozle, catch them all at Ale on Oak. That's right. 30 beers on tap, a full menu for food, a wonderful place to spend your time these lovely months. Uh, the best patio in Uptown, no question about it. You are going to want to go to Ale on Oak, just steps off of the streetcar line. A great place to enjoy your spring sports and March Madness right around the corner. That is the place you're going to want to be. So tell them that you listen to Polka Gush and go drink and eat at Ale on Oak. That is a sponsor. Yes, sir. So I have a topic I wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a weird topic. Maybe it's a dumb topic. I don't know. People, you, you tell us. Email us, pokingcushergmail.com. You can say, hey, that was really stupid. Don't do anything like that again. Don't email us anything negative. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the face of the brand online. I run the Twitter. 
I see the emails yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't want anything negative. If you have constructive criticism, you send that shit to Scott. <laughs> I can't handle it. It's, uh, it's fair. That's Only fair. send positive reinforcement <laughs> to me. If you think something's stupid, if you don't like my voice, if you want to point out that something either of us said was wrong, probably me, keep it to yourself. Yeah. That's this, fine. It's carnival season. <laughs> Damn it. You're being thankful that we're even doing this. <laughs> I have enough shit going on. I don't get paid for this. I don't want to hear that I mispronounce someone's name. So this topic is fine, and I'm glad we're talking about it. Kush, this is about your reassignment surgery. Yeah. We want to talk about it and see what the public thinks. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was kind of perusing through the paper, uh, this weekend, old as that might be. And what you, there's a clear dichotomy in New Orleans and Baton Rouge that doesn't make any sense to me. The cities are very similar. I think now they're even similar in size. I think Baton Rouge is, is not that much smaller, uh, than New Orleans anymore. And LSU, for example. Drew 11,000 fans for a gymnastics meet on Saturday. They drew 13,000 fans for a women's basketball Ooh. game. And they drew 10,000, sold out three 10,000-seat baseball games over the weekend. Nothing in New Orleans draws like that. That's not the Saints. Nothing. I can't think of a single other entity that has that kind of demand. And we have, like, the frickin' NBA is here. And it doesn't draw like women's gymnastics draws in Baton Rouge. And I find that to be concerning is the wrong word because I don't think it's a concern. I just find it to be bizarre that these two places that are filled with similar people with similar interests, you think, mm -hmm. have such wildly varying degrees of what they're willing to support from a sports perspective. Now, 11,000 fans for gymnastics, that's... I don't know how many normally go to gymnastics meets. Yeah. Uh, a lot. They draw well. 11. But yeah. like if you're at ULM, oh, what yeah, is yeah, the yeah. gymnastics I, I, I meeting? No idea. Yeah. Not that. Negative attendance? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who can tell? I, I know that within the last year, the only gymnastics I've seen on television was LSU. I believe it was LSU and Auburn okay. uh, last year. And I watched it. Yeah. Because I never see gymnastics uh -huh. outside of the Olympics. I don't really even watch the Olympics. Yeah. But it was on. I thought it was interesting. Uh huh. Uh, it's not something you see every day. True. The NBA, though, is a multi billion dollar league with countless resources, the best basketball players in the world, incredibly famous people. And yet, here, Games, weeks of games go by sort of, and I'm not saying they don't draw anybody, but I don't know if there's been a home game where there's been 13,000 actual bodies in the stadium this year. Uh, now, there will be when LeBron comes in a week or so, mm -hmm. but that hadn't really happened this year. And I find it just really bizarre that LSU gets supported so much better than anything here Again, with the notable exception of the Saints. The Saints 
still put people in the building. Even when that Panthers game last game of the year, which didn't have a great crowd, there was a lot of people right. still there. Everything else, though, there's nobody. I mean, the Pelicans games, most of them are like 30 to 40% full. And that's generous. Well, I think it, and this is my perspective uh, growing up in North Louisiana, is that LSU has a culture of winning. They have been around for a lot longer than the Pelicans. And people all over the state celebrate them when they win. Yeah, People in Monroe, Lafayette, Shreveport, Ruston, Alexandria, when LSU is the best at something, they become Louisiana's team. Yeah. Whether it's football or men's baseball or softball or gymnastics or women's basketball, yeah. you have an all-over pull. I know people that come from Ruston and they go to LSU football games, they go to baseball games, and they go to men's and women's basketball teams. Mm-hmm. UNO and Tulane, people don't give a fuck no. about them. Outside of the city, of course. Yes. But specifically inside of New Orleans, people just don't. I yeah. don't know if it's because of... And and that's weird it's for a very New Orleans. limited fan base, yes. It's, well, it's just weird because so often the first thing somebody asks you in New Orleans is, where did you go to high school? Yeah. And nobody really seems to have that same kind of pride for local colleges, maybe because they didn't go to them. Yeah. Um, LSU women's basketball, they had 13,000 in attendance 13, for several games. 000. Uh, that South Carolina game that was on TV, you know, they, you know, they had some celebrities there. They had Alvin Kamara and and yeah. Cam Jordan on the front row, and there's more Louisiana ties there than with the Pelicans. You have local players. You also have Kim Mulkey, uh-huh. who has connections all over the state, as well as just being a winner. Yeah, and that might be the overarching reason is that LSU is a school of winners. Yeah, the and- Pelicans. Are not. Are losers. And they're branded as losers. And I think people think of them as losers. And I guess that ultimately that matters more than anything is that LSU has a competitive advantage in a lot of things that they can win. And they're, but they're not big winners in men's basketball. No. Now they don't draw as well in men's basketball as they do in baseball, for example, where they have a history of being a great team. Uh, but I think what it is as much as anything is the brand that is LSU, is so uh, familiar and Mm -hmm. that anything with those colors and that logo that is good gets automatically associated with everybody who likes LSU football, right? Right. And so you're just an an LSU fan, you're an LSU fan, and you're in on anything that they're good at. And so everybody who's associated with is like, oh, our gymnastics team is great. Let's go see the gymnastics team. I automatically have something to pull for. I still think there is a large segment of South Louisiana that does not give a shit about the Pelicans at all. If the Pelicans were called the Saints and wore black and gold and they had Florida <laughs> leaves on their uniforms, maybe it's different. Like, maybe it's just more natural. Everybody in the state who pulls for the Saints would pull for the Pelicans. Instead, I don't think, they, I don't, I don't think there's any attachment there. Certainly Tulane and UNO, I don't think people feel any level of just because they're like kind of on a, on, on a plane that doesn't exist to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, it's like what makes what separates these teams in New Orleans? The baby cakes left town because nobody would go to the games. Uh, that Meanwhile, LSU was drawing 10,000 people a game for the first weekend of college baseball. 
is there is the sports community in Baton Rouge that much stronger? Is there nothing else to do in Baton Rouge? Well, that's except go to LSU games. That's what I was going to bring up is, is it because in New Orleans, when you're here, there's tons of other stuff to do? Not that there isn't in Baton Rouge, but it's not New Orleans as far as going out to eat, going to the French Quarter, seeing live music. It's not comparable in that sense. Yeah. You have a huge university there with a ton of kids that are just trying to get drunk and make out and go to Fred's, <laughs> not the drugstore, the bar. And, you know, sports culminates to that. It's in that area. It's leading up to it. Yeah. I, I don't know if students can go to, for free to those events that we've yeah, named. I don't think it's mostly students that are attending yeah. that stuff, though. I think it is the community in Baton Rouge. You know, there's just... There's also an excitement because of, I think, just the history in general, specifically with, like, men's basketball. You've got Pete Maravich, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, to a lesser extent, Ben Sim. But just like in the last couple of years, there have been names that people want yeah. to go see. Sharif O'Neal may not have been amazing, but I'd like to go see him. Yeah. You know, Shaq's son, Ben Simmons. And there is, they matter to people. Yeah. They matter. When they're good, they're important to people. And meanwhile, there's I, also a reason to go. There's not always a reason to go to one of 72 games for a team that might make the 10th spot. <laughs> yes. There's a reason to go to college games, whether yes. it's the atmosphere, what's going to happen after, yeah. or just to experience what's happening. Yeah. Familiar names, familiar colors, familiar opponents, all those kinds of things. Um, I, I, I just cannot think of another sporting event in this city besides the saints that at any time right now can draw 13,000 people just because they're playing the Pelicans absolutely cannot uh, certainly Tulane UNO you could they could play for they could win 50 games in a row I don't mm -hmm. think they'd draw that uh, I just the, and even like uh, the final four is coming here in a couple weeks that hardly feels like it's made a blip that people are like excited for the final four to come here. It just does feel like we're in this weird sports rut in the city for people actually showing up and attending things. Do you think any of it is just like leftover kind of COVID related at all? Like there's a little residue of like, I just don't want to leave my house kind of stuff. I go to everything. So I'm like the, I'm the, the anti example of this. I right. go to every sporting event all the time in the city. They're all empty. They're all very easy to get into. <laughs> They're great to bring toddlers to. Uh, but it does feel like I'm the only one out there most of the time. I've heard that people have not wanted to go to Pelicans games because of the mask mandate, the, uh, the attendance there. I haven't personally seen it this season. I saw it last season have been very strict about mask wearing. Yeah. And I know season ticket holders that have said they don't want to deal with it to see, you know, the yeah. Pelicans lose by 30 to Phoenix yeah. Uh, yeah. and get yelled at while you're drinking a $10 beer that never comes. Zazu Martin. But... You know, I, I can't imagine there's that, that strictness at other sporting events. I also, I, I don't think New Orleans and Baton Rouge are, are that different about the, about yeah, I how. I mean, I know there's a vax mandate here that's not there. Yeah. Same with Jefferson Paris, they don't have it. But uh, they accept fake vax cards in both New Orleans <laughs> and Baton Rouge. That's not really a problem for anybody. No, and there were 70,000 people in the Superdome quite often this yeah. season, you know, and they certainly asked for it there. Uh 
I I don't know what it'll take, and maybe the answer is as simple as we think it is, which is literally be good. Be good and be a source of pride, and that would be enough. The Pelicans, as we said, have sucked for basically six of the last seven years. So And, and they're a dumpster fire most of the time. It feels mm-hmm. like they're going through some level of acrimony constantly. Nothing is ever kind of going well or building toward a crescendo. There's no consistency yes. with the Pelicans, and not just with team drama, but... You know, they were the Hornets. Now they're the Pelicans. Uh, one, two, three superstars are leaving. Yeah. Can anyone who's not following this team name who the coach is or who the last coach was or who three coaches ago was? Yeah. There's no consistency for a casual fan. No. It seems, you know, it, it's it's like the Tasmanian devil just spinning in a circle <laughs> and we're just staring at it whirl around the smoothie king center yeah if if you're not into pelicans basketball and you're and you really give a shit about knowing what's going on why would you care about the team yeah and it is always baffling to talk to people in media who kind of like drop in and they're like you know what's going on here and they're like i guess does nobody care about sport it's like no 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 like they're very clearly at at best they're number three i'm like you go 90 miles up the road though there's you know, 60,000 people going into sporting events, none of which are big sports. Mm-hmm. Like, those are not big national sports, and there's 60,000 people showing up there on a weekend. So it's not as if this area doesn't care about their teams. It's just the Pelicans have never fully connected after 20 years. It just feels a little strange. And it also feels like Tulane and UNO, unless they were to get great, which I don't think they can based on the way that college sports is set up. I don't think that's ever going to click the way that it did, you know, in my youth when Tulane basketball and UNO basketball were a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting topic. If you have thoughts on it, uh, tweet me, email us. Um, actually, email us <laughs> if you have thoughts. I'm I'm just curious more than anything. I thought it would make for uh, something interesting to talk about during uh, All-Star Week. And, of course, it stops us for 10 minutes of talking about Everything that's happening in this fair city. That's right. We'll get into that in our local roundup. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and tiny little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> There's always traffic in New Orleans is always uh, particularly rough. Um, it's the wild, wild west out there. <laughs> um, but but uh, last week, I thought something uh, cool happened. It was on I-10 um, at like the Louisa exit. Somebody, in honor of Zion, uh, made huge donuts <laughs> in the middle of I-10. I think that's what it was for. It yeah. was like a, come home, Zion. We love you. Um we saw the video of people uh, in the CBD doing donuts with machine guns out the window. Sure. And now they're just doing it on I-10. Just a rush hour. Yeah. I guess traffic had slowed down. A car was on the uh, shoulder and then kind of crept in front of people and then started doing donuts for at least a minute. That video was about a minute. Unbelievable, man. Um, You know... <laughs> 
Are we all going to become? Are we all going to become Dick Tracy and just like have a bunch of gadgets in our car? Are we all going to be James Bond and have like tacks that we can shoot out of the trunk of our car to stop people? Oh God, I, dude, it all just seems re- that was ridiculous. That video. What I think is ridiculous too is that the the wheelies, the donuts, wherever the hell it is. Those aren't stolen cars. Like, those are tricked out, expensive cars. Yeah. So, like, these people are, you know, they, they might be funding it by stealing these cars. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just, like, you know, Grandma's Geo Metro out there. No. And, like, God, I, I can't imagine how furious I would be. You're already furious because you're stuck in traffic. You're trying to get out of the city on a... Friday at 5 p.m. Yeah. And then there's just some moron doing donuts in front of you. Fast and Furious, Tokyo drifting. The one on the interstate was like on the way to work in the middle of the morning, like 8 a.m. on a weekday. And this dude's just doing donuts in the middle. And there's no, there's nobody to stop him. Mm -hmm. There's no, you wonder how there's like, you're like, I wonder how so many people get shot in the interstate. And you're like, oh, there's no laws in the interstate. Right. They don't exist. There's no police presence. No one is out there to do it. You can do whatever you want. We've all just sort of decided that because most of the time we're all moving, that nothing that bad could happen. It's like, well, in case this guy decides he wants to just burn out his tires spinning around in the middle of the street. Like, do you think it's, it's almost like if it was... Uh, it's like a jackass, right? Like yeah. it's, it's it's in that vein, isn't it? They're just fucking with people, aren't they? Yeah, that's completely what it is. And I think about if I were to do it, what would I listen to? And I think I would, I think I would play Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> that seems like the best song to do donuts to. I mean, what do you do? Oh, God. Maybe this is why all the people are getting shot on the interstate. They're starting to do donuts, uh-huh. then somebody shoots them. Like, nope, no, sir. <laughs> That would be the happiest ending for the people getting shot on the interstate. Stories. Unquestionably. Unquestionably. I don't know. I mean, what are they going to do to stop it? Like, there's no, they can't stop the carjackings. I don't think they can stop people doing donuts in the middle of the streets. They have no recourse here. Is there like a helicopter? There's no police <laughs> helicopter. Do any of the news stations have a helicopter? Could they follow people with that beam like they, yeah. <laughs> they like, do for the high-speed? Ge- you don't need the hel- Like, in Los Angeles, the helicopter follows people with the light to track. Th- in New Orleans, you don't need that because everyone's just like, oh, yeah, it's Steve. We know who that is. Yeah. We're he, not going to arrest he's him. He's going to get away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's not a lot of suspense here. He's going he's gonna to figure out a way. He's, he, he's going to be just fine. But, uh... Man, if if you're worried about your safety, don't worry because the city has your safety in mind. And nowhere was that more apparent than uh, Mayor Cantrell's uh, Mardi Gras ball. Um, when people went inside, they had instant tests. They were masked. Everybody was put in a bubble. They had security guards there checking people's temperatures the entire time. Wait, no, no. What I'm th- I'm thinking of uh, going to Shoney's. That's. <laughs> You can't go to a fucking restaurant in this city without showing some more on your vax card. Used to it was the guy at Wands is taking my temperature with a gun. I'm like, you have cocaine on your face. Don't take my temperature. 
<laughs> no, she had a maskless ball with the safest uh, COVID event, karaoke. Of course, loud yes. maskless karaoke, and like the entire city council there too. Yeah. So all these people. I who, hope they didn't drive. It, 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 it. Well, we know Latoya has three cars, so and you know multiple drivers, so I think she was okay. Uh, it is. Beyond infuriating that they're keeping all these rules in place. She gets busted with all these pictures, which, first of all, they were floating around on social media the day after. Mm -hmm. Everybody saw these pictures. No one locally played it up. None of the the four news stations did anything. NOLA.com didn't do anything. Nobody touched it, okay? And then Fox News decided to do something about it. And all of a sudden, it got picked up locally and became a huge story. Yeah. So it's like we're, we're relying on the national news picking up our own local story for our local media to give a shit about it. Well, we're too busy talking about how somebody uh, put beads around a pothole in the ground and <laughs> called it the crew of pothole. <laughs> I hate that shit. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I saw, you know, Breitbart and InfoWars. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, it's just the most direct line you can draw to hypocrisy, yeah. right? Is like, we have the strictest mask law. We're going to have this mask law because of Mardi Gras. I can almost guarantee you this mask law goes until the end of March. There's no question because they'll be I like, probably about March 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, they're going to say a Mardi Gras day, and then they're going to have to wait like three weeks after yeah. that to make sure, you know, to check the data to make sure <laughs> it didn't spread. Because they've always followed the data pretty closely. It seems to be what they are really good at. Uh, it's such a joke. And so we'll have the longest mask situation in the entire country. We have it in ridiculous ways, like walking between tables at restaurants, but not sitting at the table. You go to a, a club for to watch music you have to wear it to enter the door but not once you're in the actual place it is the dumbest set of rules that are based on nothing other than virtue signaling bullshit and so that they can say that they're keeping people safe when they're not actually doing anything and of course they know it and the reason that we know that they know we know that they know that we know because when they have their own party, they don't wear the fucking mask because there's no point in wearing them. I don't care they didn't wear the mask for health purposes, but you know that it doesn't do anything, and that's why you guys don't really care. I don't care that you don't wear them. Just don't make me wear them. It's very easy. I agree. And instead of her being like, yeah... We all kind of realize this is silly. Well, she didn't even hasn't said a word about it yet. You know, she made the social media kid oh, or whatever. Yeah, yeah his like, well, I wish, uh, you know, there yeah. were a few whoopsies. Yeah, deleted hundreds of pictures and then was like, oh, it was a mistake. And it's like, was it a mistake? This is what it is. This is life. Like, we're here. Well, no, he meant it was a mistake. We were going to Photoshop masks onto all those photos. <laughs> it was a mistake. We didn't know. We figured Cox Internet would be out, and you wouldn't be able to tweet about this. Uh, I mean, it just instead. But, yeah, instead of, uh, instead of being like, ah, you know, you're right. The masks probably don't, you know, unnecessary now. Instead, it was, uh, oh, we're really sorry. 
we won't do it again because we don't have another party for another week. And this time, no one's allowed to bring their phone in. Man, she's going to bring Gavin Newsom down. They're going to go to Galatoire's. They're just the worst, man. Yeah. It's just the... Uh, again, Vax stuff, totally cool that the mass stuff is d- preventing nothing yeah. at this point. Nothing. Ugh. All right. What's All right. next? What's next? What other... <sighs> you know who's been doing a good job? Who's that? Sewage and water board. Oh, yeah. They've been killing it. The, uh, Did I you s- flush your toilet today? <laughs> I tried to. <sighs> I um, My girlfriend uh, got like a crazy, like a $2,000 water bill. Uh-huh. You know, she called them. She's on the phone until she became a skeleton. <laughs> Somebody finally answers, and they're like, huh, fuck you, and they just hang up. <laughs> After like a six-month quote-unquote investigation, these guys are detectives, right? Sure. It's not just some moron read <laughs> the meter wrong. They need to detect things. It's it's actually Colin Farrell and Matthew McConaughey <laughs> Well, they finally, after six months, were just like, "Yeah, we, uh, you know, we thought it was a, we thought it was a, uh, the letter L, but it was actually a nine. <laughs> so, uh, sorry about trying to charge you two thousand uh, dollars. We'll fix it on the next one. And then on her next bill, they sent her a, a late fee for every bill that had occurred before then, even though she'd been paying. Yes, they told her to guess what the bill should be. <laughs> Which seems like what she should be doing anyway. Just guess Just your bill. Guess. <laughs> what do you feel like you should like the honor system at those really hippie restaurants? <laughs> so not- this guy, Gasson Corbin, <laughs> Gasson, Gasson, got a raise to three hundred twenty-two thousand dollars. A little more than I make in a year. That's a 9.5% raise. Who the fuck gets a 9.5% raise anywhere? For doing a terrible job. In uh, 2020, he got an 8.8% raise for the year. So this is about a 20% raise in two years for there were, well... Utility-wise, like the service they provide, I would say, is worse than energy. The yeah. infrastructure is probably better than Intergy's. <laughs> Both very high, high brands, yes. I mean, this fucking clown. He's also a transplant. Everybody that's ruining New Orleans right now is from mm-hmm. another... This person uh, moved here from Milwaukee. Latoya, you know, she's from... She would. She's from Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, Jason Williams from Atlanta, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Gosson. Who who was going to take this guy? Were we worried about someone poaching him? Had to continue to to pay him another 10% to keep him around? Maybe Blackwater, maybe Monsanto, (laughs) uh, Halliburton, (laughs) Lockheed Martin, Amazon. He could be the guy at Amazon that... It delegates the bathroom breaks for $300,000 a year. I mean, it's incredible. It's like, you know, the football coach who wins four games gets a new contract. Yeah. Like, what? How, also, where was that guy going? In this picture, he's wearing a sports coat, no tie. Look, if you're making $322,000 a <laughs> year of city. my money, yeah. put on a fucking tie, Gasson. 
I don't know why I'm making him French. He appears He's to be brown. definitely not French. <laughs> He's definitely not French. Well, anyway, a job well done. You've earned it. Uh, it'll be great <laughs> when you take that money and move back to Milwaukee in two years. Yes, once the next hurricane hits and everything floods. Now, is there something else about uh, Latoya that we didn't get into? Yeah, so if you... Uh, Travers Mackle... Uh, Fletcher is, of course, a good friend of the show. Uh, but Travers did a good report uh, that <laughs> Latoya, in her first year, uh, threw a $60,000 party before Essence Fest. Uh, and she threw the party at Canal Place. It used to be at Gallier Hall. So they moved it to make it significantly bigger. Uh, the Landry administration used to spend $35,000 this party, mm-hmm. and LaToya decided to spend $63,000, and that's of public money. Then, in addition, they also took money from a fund that was supposed to be for the tricentennial, and the tricentennial fund was then funded by Verizon and AT&T, which then happened to get 5G contracts very soon thereafter. Oh, interesting. But since it was a public party, the public gets to go to it. Like a public uh, funded party, the public gets to go to the party. Yes, exactly. And, like, hang out, get a little wristband, <laughs> listen to Chiwis. The spokesman with a great quote. Quote, I, I think these are really unrelated incidents. We can talk about optics, but the reality is the mayor's essence party is a marketing event. Adding that the council had final say on the franchise agreements. Now, did they get the 5G before that <laughs> caused COVID? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I mean, it's incredible. Who was playing this thing? Uh, MC Light. Don't know who that is. Not $60,000 for MC Light. No, I think they spent a lot on the venue and the booze, and they had a lot of people. They had stilt walkers who received $1,800. Well, they did. What was their mask budget? Oh, this is great. Record shows stilt walkers received $1,800 to perform, but none were present at the venue. Okay. (laughs) So they just gave that money to people. Well, that's fine. <laughs> it went to, uh, to Latanya Cantrell. Got eighteen hundred dollars to be a stilt walker. Oh my god! The stilt walkers got distracted on the way there. They went by the Smoothie King Center. They saw their good friend Red Panda. They went over to say hey, and they didn't make it to the party. It's That's understandable. Absolutely ridiculous! How what what the people in power in this city get away with? Why don't we? Bring it up a notch, have a little positivity, and bring you your favorite segment. Ladies and gentlemen, the word! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb for having the worst. Bum, 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 bum. Finnish skier suffers frozen penis during event <laughs> at Beijing Olympics. Win, 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 win. Frozen penis during the Olympics. After the race, Lindholm said he needed a heat pack to thaw out his downstairs appendage. 
a Finnish skier competing in a men's cross-country skiing race at the 2022 Winter Olympics in Beijing suffered damage to his equipment <laughs> on Saturday. But just not what you might expect, according to a report. Also, thank you. My friend uh, Seth sent this in. My friend Zach sent this in. And somebody on Twitter, his name is like, I've got your pronoun. He sent it in, too. Thank you. I shouldn't have said he with the pronoun <laughs> guy. Fuck. We have uh, a heavy li- female <laughs> listener base. Remy Lindholm, 24, Finland, spent over an hour traversing the shortened men- yeah, I bet. Shortened <laughs> men's 50K mass start free race in brutal temperatures and howling winds causing his penis to become frozen. You can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished. It was the worst competition I've ever been ho- been in, Lindholm told the Finnish media. It was just about battling through. The 50-kilometer race was first delayed by an hour and then shortened to 30 kilometers to protect the competitors and their penises. <laughs> who wore thin suits that offered little protection from the wind and cold weather. Organizers had been worried about frostbite. (laughs) Jesus. would have been worse. After the race, he used a heat pack to thaw out his (laughs) nether region, and despite the injury, he still managed to place 28th. Congrats. (laughs) Did you imagine freezing your literally freezing your dick off to come in 28th place? What is that? An aluminum foil metal? (laughs) It's the back of a yogurt pouch. Yes, man. This was a 60 skier event. He placed half (laughs) and he uh, froze off his wiener. That doesn't seem worth it. (laughs) At least you got to enjoy the wonderful sights and sounds of Beijing during COVID. (laughs) And now he's uh, world fame. You know, like, I I think that whenever usually you're on Tinder, people will Google your name. This guy's (laughs) going to be on there with his no medal, but he will say, yeah, I was in the Olympics. People are going to Google his name and then see, oh, frozen wiener, huh? 28th place, frozen wiener. (laughs) Frozen wiener loser. I spent countless hours of my life trying to <laughs> waiting for this exact day in which I had to be in Beijing and I had to freeze my penis. If you're going to freeze your hog off, come in first. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. It's like you're going to need no they, no pain, no gain. But pain and and 28th is not that's not you know they don't make no fear t-shirts out of that. <laughs> You know the kind of sponsorships this guy could have gotten if oh, he man. won? Yeah, incredible. Like, hey, guys, uh, I froze my wiener off. <laughs> I still won. Drink Yoo-Hoo. Roman swipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did you watch any of the Olympics? I didn't watch. I think I watched 10 minutes. Total. I saw curling the entire time I was at Garden District Pub. There you go. You got it, something. It was fine. Sure. They were brushing away. <laughs> I mean, that was, it was felt very uh it felt very much in the background this year. There was not much about it. Um but the highlight of the Beijing Olympics, who will ever forget? We'll remember Nancy Kerrigan in ninety four, mm-hmm. we'll remember Carrie Strug in ninety six, remember Michael Phelps in two thousand eight, and of course, this guy who froze his penis in two thousand twenty two. This has been Polk and Kush, everybody. If you like what you heard, tell a friend. Rate, like, and subscribe. Email us, polkandkush at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter. I am Polk and Kush. Scott is Scott 
D as in delightful Kushner. We'll see you next time. See ya!